Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust, a First Geek 411 podcast series. I'm Corey, and I'm here with my friend Deanna and my sister Carrie. Hello. Hello, ladies. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) There she is. Um, if you want to talk to any of them, since, you know, apparently Carrie is just, like, mute now, <laughs> then you can contact us on Facebook at Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust Podcast, uh, or you can email us at firstgeek411, I'm spelling it like that because that's how it looks, at gmail.com, <laughs> and, or you can uh, tweet at us at, at FTPD underscore podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. if you want to hear our podcast again, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we actually are on Stitcher now. Yep. <laughs> um, rumors of us being on Stitcher previously were uh, not actually corroborated. So I checked on that Oops. and got uh, one of the guys to put that put us on Stitcher. I was like, why did you not do that? <laughs> You were supposed to do that back when you set all the other ones up, but Oops. it's fine. It's on there now. Anyway, now that that's been fixed, you can find us on Stitcher. Enjoy. <laughs> so, let's jump right in. Our feature film this week was Pollyanna. Mm-hmm. And Deanna, you hadn't seen it before, is that right? Right, this is my first time watching this. What did you think? I thought it was really cute. Like, I could, there's a lot of cheesiness, but I thought it was really sweet. Like, the whole plot of um, this town who's kind of run by her rich aunt, and everyone's kind of grouchy, and like, there's a lot of politics and stuff. And she, and this little girl kind of comes and uh, like lifts people's spirits and makes friends. And she just has a very, like, matter of fact way of thinking. And she's like, why is this the way it is? Why don't you just do it this way? Or like, why why don't you just be happy about something? Why is everyone so grouchy? Like I thought it was a really cute like simple plot. Um and I th- it was it was cute. I and it was pa- the pacing of it was like for this like time period, it was pretty good. Like I, there wasn't really a moment where I was like I'm so bored. This thing needs to move along. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing that stood out, though, was I think it was teased in the last episode was the fire and brimstone thing. I was like, wow, this is a really long scene. <laughs> but how I like... felt. Yeah, I like how it... Um, how that guy's, like, character development happened um, with his interaction with Pollyanna. But I was just like, All right. um, oh my this, gosh. Yeah, let's, let's explain a little bit. Okay. So, um... Yeah, as Deanna said, Pollyanna is a story about a young girl who has been orphaned and um, has to go and live with her rich aunt in a town that is essentially owned by her aunt. Uh, It's even called Harrington, named after her family's name. (laughs) So um, she goes to live with her, and she's a very, you know, bright and cheerful child, and this town is kind of dreary, and um, she brings a sunnier outlook. Um, this town is trying to build a new orphanage, which the aunt does not want because the old orphanage was donated by her father, and she feels like she's trying to preserve the family legacy. Mm. Um, and people are afraid to oppose her because she essentially owns the town. Uh, however, the orphanage in the town really needs 
to be expanded. It needs a new building. It needs a lot done. It's just not mm-hmm. good enough. So um, they, the town decides to host a bazaar to raise the funds to build the new orphanage. Uh, Pollyanna is, wants to participate in this, but her aunt tells her no. And um, she sneaks out, and basically, while she's trying to sneak back in the house, after the um, after the bazaar, she is um, very very injured and becomes paralyzed. Spoilers! <laughs> they should have watched the movie. Yeah. <sighs> they knew we were talking about it, and it's also from 1960. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if you haven't watched it by now, I don't care. <laughs> They may Carrie's, not have seen it. They didn't need to be spoiled. Carrie's the voice of people who don't like having things spoiled. <laughs> Deanna. Um, I've done it before, too, though. Uh, wait, 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 we can't leave it there. Okay. Okay, she becomes paralyzed and basically, yeah, I mean, like, we can't just stop with that. I mean, that. that is basically the ending, no, though. No, it's not. Basically. It is! <laughs> no, if they ended there, that would be the worst movie of all time. <laughs> Still not worse than A Wrinkle in Time. It uh, would be. Hashtag uh, so better. Because be, it would turn into some, some sort of weird Alfred Hitchcockian sort of <laughs> film where it's like the horror leading up to this moment where you're like, please, Pollyanna, please don't do it. No. And then she falls and that's the end. It's I mean, like, I still do that. <laughs> like, um, that movie would be crazy. Like, yep. Anyway, <gasps> so she becomes paralyzed, uh, falls into a depression, and is basically roused from her depression by all of the people in the town whose lives she cheered up by teaching them that they had things to be glad for. And uh, Mm -hmm. in the end, as she leaves the town, going to have an operation in the effort to restore her mobility, Mm -hmm. uh, the town is even putting out a sign calling themselves the glad town for the gladness that Pollyanna taught them to uh, appreciate. And Pollyanna teaches these people to be glad by something that her father had taught her which was the glad game where they are in a situation and no matter what situation they're in, they can find something to be happy about. And this originated um, in a very unfortunate situation in disappointment. Um, and so she goes around teaching everybody all of like this game and like the way that they viewed their life, they were now finding things to be glad about because Pollyanna was having them play this game. And it was, mm-hmm. it's really not a game so much as, something anything to be happy about in this situation like for one example they hate sundays due to the fire and brimstone thing mm-hmm. and they're like what's so good about sundays pollyanna and she can't think of him she goes well it'll be six whole days before it's sunday again <laughs> it's just like even that like amount of stretching works for the glad game it's yeah, yeah. you know of course the biggest victory is when she talks to the fire and brimstone preacher and tells him that there are over 800 passages in the Bible telling you to be glad. And her father always said, if God said something that many times, he wanted, he probably wanted you to do it. So the yeah. preacher, you know, this struck a chord with him and he went and looked it up and it was true. And he became a much gentler uh, minister. But, and... but something else about the fire and brimstone thing that we didn't mention is he you're shown at the beginning that he's starting to do pa- he wants to do passages from certain books and Pollyanna's aunt is like no no you should do something from this one or this one like a much Isaiah. like an old yeah. Isaiah or I don't remember the other one but like very fire and brimstone sort of stuff can come out of this and whenever he was wanting to do something different 
Well, mm-hmm. okay, I'll say this. She didn't tell him to do it. She persuaded him to do it. Persuaded. She was like, no, you should do this and talked him into it. But the thing is, is he understood how influential he was in the town and wanted to make her happy. So it wasn't like she forced him. He was being persuaded. Just like everybody in the town was being persuaded into doing what she wanted. Like she didn't outright threaten anybody. She didn't say, don't go to that bazaar Mm -hmm. or blah, blah, blah. It was, well, she runs the ladies league and stuff like that. And it was, they were all doing things that she didn't ask them to do but they were doing because they wanted to keep her happy um and not not to say that he did wasn't already predisposed to being fire and brimstoney but he would thought that that's what the people of the town wanted Mm -hmm. and um rather needed needed because she convinced him by saying you know these people they aren't turning around basically and they have six whole days to sin before you see them again so if you scare them really good on sunday it might hold for a bit but the Mm. thing is that wasn't working no and then only when he turned around he said i'm going to read a passage every sunday one of these glad passages every sunday it should take me 16 years if you will allow me to be here for 16 years and it was that's i think was might have been one of my favorite scenes because another thing is he was not They went to him after they found out people weren't going to go to the bazaar Mm -hmm. to ask him, will you please, you know, like tell people, you know, that you support the bazaar. He said, I can't do that. The church isn't supposed to get into this sort of thing. You know, this is, you know, the politics of the town. And then um, when Pollyanna talks to him about everything, like there's this moment where his wife comes running up and he's in this field and he's like on his hands and knees. And she's like, are you okay? He goes, nobody owns a church. And like looking mm-hmm. at the sky, and it's just like he had this realization that his entire outlook was wrong. And I love when he comes into church, and everyone's like, "Oh, great, here's another one!" And they all stand up and applaud when it's a good sermon. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I love that bit. And what's funny is, I probably, I we mentioned last week, I did not like this movie when I was a kid. I don't think I got any of it, like. Mm-hmm the nuances and stuff like that like i didn't really even remember until i watched as an adult that the entire premise is about the orphanage like i knew the sequence of events that occurred but i didn't know that the orphanage was the driving force behind it i know i mean i guess Mm -hmm. i just was bored by this movie and didn't pay attention as a kid as an adult i really like it uh, this movie reminds me a lot of like Anne of Green Gables and along mm-hmm. that same vein where the orphan girl comes to town and makes everybody happier and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I actually only started liking books like that as an adult. So <laughs> I don't know. Like this is very like on brand for me, I suppose. Something that I was like, oh, when I was a kid, but like liking it now. Yeah, um, I can definitely see like, yeah, as a kid, this movie being kind of like, what is this? Why? But like, yeah, as an adult, I feel like I kind of could appreciate it more like it was just fun to watch like all these like grouchy adults and this girl like come over and just be like hey like and kind of just change your life like the old man with the um little lamp danglies that like are prisms and then the old lady who's like on her deathbed and she Mrs. like turns her around yeah so um like just things like that it was just really interesting to like have like child logic like help these people and just like the innocence of all that she's like yeah this is so sweet well, <laughs> they were all so jaded and she came in mm-hmm. going back and watching it as an adult uh my biggest realization was uh that the um 
the chief was in Harrington. The chief of control, the chief from Get Smart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he plays, like, a, he plays one of the um, kind of bigger figures in the town. Yeah, or he doesn't want to go because his wife is a member of the League. Yeah. Mm. Um, one of the things that really struck me watching this movie is just how much foreshadowing it, there is towards the moment where she falls. How many gears are clicking that the point to that happening? Like whenever she mentions the Glad game, but how oh they sent crutches because I didn't have instead of a doll, oh. and she's like, and I was glad that I didn't have to use them. It's like <laughs> ah. I didn't think about that till now. Oh my and then goodness! And the part where she tells the the, the her uh, she tells Mrs. Snow that she never had a doll. And then she cheered up Mrs. Snow, and so Mrs. Snow went behind the fish thing and pointed at the doll so she could have a doll. It's like, Mrs. Snow was trying to help, but yeah. Mrs. Snow almost killed Pollyanna! Like, <laughs> I was just thinking that when I watched it. That, I was like, Mrs. Snow like, almost killed this girl. Watching it, knowing what happens, is kind of like watching a horror film. <laughs> We're like, because it's like all these good things, but it leads up to she. And also, she's like, "Don't climb trees; you're gonna get hurt." <gasps> My room must be the highest in the house. I love how high it is and all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh gosh, no! Yeah, all it's of like the little things. Not clicking. knowing where it was going, I was I wouldn't have thought of those things. Like watching no. it again, I probably would have. Like knowing al- where it was going, it's almost horrifying. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> like. Because you're like, all these people are just trying to do nice things for her and stuff like that. And it's like, it leads to the point where she climbs that three-story tall tree to try to climb up there. And she falls because she's trying to save Mm. the doll. It's like, no, Pollyanna, no. Yeah. But it's also kind of like a good realization for her because she was, you know, like helping so many people. And then she got the chance that when she needed help, she got that back from everybody. I was like... Oh, yeah. my it heart. Is, it is sweet, but it's also horrifying at the same time. Yeah, it was definitely an unexpected, like, ending. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this I is so there. sweet. And then, yeah, okay. I made a couple notes while okay. I was watching it, just things to uh, to consider later. Okay. And uh, one of them is how mean everyone was when she showed up. Not even just because they were miserable, but the first thing that happens when this orphan shows up in the town to live with her aunt is Mrs. Tarbell coming up and telling her, you're a lucky girl. Most orphans would end up in an orphanage. Oh, God. She's like, her parents just died. How mean are you? Yeah. Well, she's How's playing the, sympathy? She's playing the glad game, Corey. I, <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> she comes. That's the first thing you say to an orphan child you've never met before. <sighs> anyway, oh, yeah. uh, that uh, Pollyanna and I had a uh, similar reaction to seeing a dog, where she immediately yeah. like crawls over to it yeah, and so talks like, <gasps> to it and like crawls over. You are lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Oh. So the maid, Nancy, has a boyfriend that's supposed to be a secret, right? Mm-hmm. And, that's um, not so secret. <laughs> yeah, but she lies to, you know, not spill the beans. So Pollyanna doesn't, you know, tell anyone that she was with her boyfriend. So she lies and says the guy that she was kissing was her cousin. <laughs> yeah. This did not make it better. <laughs> it made it so much worse. Hmm. I think she was banking on the fact that Pollyanna didn't see it. But 
even after that, when he was like, my, she was like, my cousin Fred. And he's like, yes, this is my favorite cousin. And he's touching her face and he goes, I love, and he kisses her on the face. This cousin. Ah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> he oh. likes his cousin. Yeah. And uh, I made a note of the irony as well, because my last note on here is the line that trees are the best things in the world. <laughs> oh man this movie could be painful this was also Haley mills's first movie because no, it, introdu- it said an introducing it was her first disney movie wow no, so enough. introducing from to the disney family Lame. but she was also in the trap, trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's actually um she was in a movie before that and that's how she got cast in this movie um Basically, um, they couldn't find Pollyanna at first, mm-hmm. and uh, they they tried ca- tried auditioning a bunch of people, and they weren't happy with anybody. So um, I think it, I think it was Disney's wife. I'm not sure uh, exactly. I know it was a couple of the wives had seen a movie featuring Haley Mills, and they came home and were like, "Watch this movie." <laughs> she and, does have those big wide innocent eyes yeah they immediately mm-hmm. cast Pollyanna or, as uh, Haley Mills so yeah yep. I thought that was cool mm-hmm. um, a couple of other fun facts um, when this movie came out uh, reviews said that it was the best movie that Disney had ever made in 1960 oh, wow and um it cost about six million dollars to make and grossed about three million. I mean, the costumes they had to, it was made in the sixties. It was a flop. It was a huge flop. Golly, which all those w- costumes probably cost a lot of money. If I'd realized it was a flop when we did our flops, I would have probably I mentioned put it, on it there. But, oops. Yeah, because it's a really cute movie. Yeah, and Disney actually blamed the um, fact that it flopped on the name. He said the name was too sweet, and he didn't think a lot of men would want to go see it. Well, because the term Pollyanna is actually a term for somebody overly happy. Like, mm-hmm. mm. oh yeah, I just checked. Yes, it was Walt Disney's wife Lily, mm-hmm. and um, Disney studio head Bill Anderson's wife. They were in London, and they saw Haley Mills in the film Tiger Bay. Oh. So. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um. Oh, and here's here's one that killed me. So, in a, uh, a marketing scheme, they released some a bunch, thousands of those Pollyanna photo locket necklaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and on it, like hers, it says, um, "When you look for the bad in mankind, expecting to find it, you surely will." Abraham Lincoln. The thing is, Abraham Lincoln never said that. Yeah, I David thought, uh... Swift made it up for the movie. it's like abraham would say something like that though right we can make it up why would you say that it was an abraham lincoln quote why don't just say it's something your dad made up i don't know but david swift the director and screenwriter made it up and apparently he was vacationing with his family and he found the necklace in a gift shop and called the studio was like no no i made it up no. That's where three million of that went. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your problem right there. <laughs> so they, they recalled them. That's Aww. awful. I thought that was really funny, though. 
So yeah, basically what we're saying is this movie is sweet, just safe for all ages and marvelous. And it has a good message in there for the, you know, the whole Christianity thing, but no one owning a church and also, you know, fire and brimstone Mm -hmm. isn't always, you know, the way to go and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, overall, good movie. I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. Don't ask six-year-old me to watch it, but yeah. good movie. It's like, little ones may be like, why are you making me watch this? But, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm A sorry. A little older than six is I have, I have one more fact I forgot to bring up. Okay. Go um, I thought this was funny. So, apparently, okay. the first scene they shot for this movie was the scene where she talks to Reverend Ford in the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read this. Okay. She yeah. kept getting distracted. And um, apparently her dad um, took her aside and said it, she wasn't performing very well. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. her dad took her aside and said, do you know what you are like? You are like a great big white cabbage. Yes, really boring. <laughs> and apparently because she kept getting so distracted, it was so bad. The actor playing the reverend got really bad sunburn. Oh, yeah. She said, I've always felt guilty about that. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like Dad's like, listen, you gotta do better. Yeah. <laughs> this <So>. is not good. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I guess make sure your kid isn't, like, daydreaming and not paying attention to the opening scenes, because that's okay. probably what happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I guess, but. like, make sure they understand that, you know, there's more to the movie than a child falling out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yes. That should wrap up our movie of the week. Yeah, yeah. we'll move on now. Uh, we'll go to our next segment. The Newsies Banner. Can there's not a lot banner. to talk about this week. Um, the biggest yep. thing, of course, is that Dumbo's out. Woo! I yeah. mean, that's all I have to say. I haven't seen it yet. But... I haven't heard the critic reception or anything, like what people think about it. I mean, it looks like the animated with some like added human characters. Yeah. So. Um, but um, by the time this is uh, this is released, Dumbo will be out. It uh, is premiering on the 29th. So. Oh, haven't it's not it. out yet. Haven't seen it. Well, I mean, it'll be out when this, uh... Oh, I thought it was last week. Whoops. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, haven't seen it, can't talk about it yet, but, hey, by the time you're hearing this, Dumbo's out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, there were some posters for the Avengers released, and already the memes are flying. <laughs> <laughs> Avenge the Fallen. Yeah, there's some yeah. really great ones out there. Oh my gosh, Avenge the Fallen in a picture of Pollyanna! Oh no! <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I love it. Oh man! Oh, okay. that hurts. <gasps> that was so good. Um, I like. Yeah, them. but the posters—it's like it kind of confirmed like who got snapped by Thanos and who didn't because some people we didn't see yeah. were like killed by Thanos, I guess, because some people we weren't sure what happened. But it was like the ones that are black and white are people who like died slash got snapped or whatever. Um, 
And the, ones and the colored color. ones are oh, the ones no. that are left. I'm looking at some of these right now, and uh, a lot of people think along the same lines as Carrie, unfortunately. Really? That's a Pollyanna one? No, 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 not Aww. a Pollyanna, but I said along the same lines. There's one for Emmerin from Fire Emblem Awakening. Who, oh. Spoilers for Fire Emblem Awakening. If you have not played that game, she... They came out um, like six years ago. She is... Carrie, you chided me for saying something about Pollyanna that came out in 1960. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing, is a lot of people don't always watch the old Disney movies, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, something is so old, they don't have access to it. Well, anyway, um, if you don't play Fire Emblem, Emmerin is basically forced to leap to her death. Uh, And there's another one for Mufasa. (gasps) That okay, that one doesn't really hurt because of the song that came out, the it's going down, I'm yelling Timba. You yeah, know what I'm about that, yeah, one? that was a great one. Like, it's going down, I'm, I'm yelling, yelling Simba. Simba. I was like, ah <laughs> So Why funny. Would you do this? <laughs> it's fun. Well the thing is, like, people are like, it's too soon. Like, it's it's been twenty years, it's not too soon. Like, it's been twenty years. Oh, oh man. man. So, yeah, check out some of those memes. There's some great ones out there. Make, yeah. someone, someone make me a Pollyanna one and tag me in it on, Tom, on not Tumblr. What am I saying? Twitter. On the social media. Twitter! That's what it is. I'm too tired. It's fine. Yeah, we are not on <sighs> Tumblr. Don't, don't, uh, no, don't no. look for us there, please. No. Uh, no. Y'all see some good Disney, like, Avengers meme posters, like, send them our way. <laughs> Alrighty. So... I think with that, we're going to move on to our top four this week. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. And rank some mentors. Yeah, we're going to do our top four Disney mentors this week. By which I mean like positive figures that are not parents. Parents don't count. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I did, I did struggle with this list a lot, um, Surprisingly, I thought it would be a lot easier than it was. Which is shocking because it was super easy for me. There were some that I really wanted, especially one. There was one I really wanted to put on there so bad. Mm. But I could not in good conscience. So, number four. Oh, wait, one more thing. I (laughs) went ahead and put duos as one, because otherwise it would have made things a lot more difficult and complicated. Duos counted as a single mentor. Okay. okay. So, number four. Merlin and Archimedes. Okay. They were really great mentors to Arthur. Um, Wart. Um, we've talked about this before. Uh, Merlin and Archimedes both played a great role in uh, Arthur's education, and Actually, Archimedes had more of a supporting role when um, Arthur became king. So mm-hmm. I think um, their role was really obvious, and he couldn't have done it without them. Merlin abandoned Arthur when he needed him most. Which is why Archimedes and Merlin had to be on there. I couldn't have put just one. Merlin this feels di- like cheating! Merlin <laughs> did play an important role in Arthur's education, and Archimedes taught him and supported him after he became king. So I use them as a duo. Because I thought about Merlin. I was like, Merlin just up and left Arthur. So I can't possibly. I mm-hmm. would only have put them on there as a duo. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. 
Number three, Bagheera from the Jungle Book. And um, we've also talked about Bagheera before. In both film adaptations, Bagheera teaches Mowgli things. He's always looking out for Mowgli's best interests. He's trying to get him somewhere he knows he will be safe. And in the uh, recent live-action version, um, well, I mean, you know, live and animated. Uh, <laughs> the live animated? Wait. <laughs> well, I mean, what I mean, you know what I mean, because there is live actors, but there's also, like, digital animation. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, The Lion King. It's like, it's live action, but it's all digital. I don't know what to call this. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the kid isn't digital. All right, all right. And, yeah. Get on with it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, in uh, the recent version, you know, Bakira even risks his life um, before uh, Shere Khan finally has his final battle with Mowgli. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I think Bagheera definitely counts as an amazing mentor for Mowgli. Oh. Uh, Baloo I considered, but I kind of left him off for being like more shallow and not as helpful. Yeah. <laughs> He was kind of leading, Mo- leading Mowgli down a path that was hurtful, even though it was the path that Mowgli wanted to be on. Right. Mm-hmm. And even though he was the one that nearly sacrificed his life in the animated version, I don't think he was necessarily directing Mowgli in a positive direction. He was a good friend. Yes. But not, not a, mentor. a good mentor. Mm-hmm. Number two. Shadow from Homeward Bound. <gasps> oh! <laughs> Shadow was a, an amazing mentor. He uh, taught Chance everything he knew, and he was a great <laughs> example for Chance. He was the one who kept the faith that their people would, you know, that they would be returned to their people, that they would find them. He led them all the way back to their people mm-hmm. um, and, you know, taught Chance many lessons about loyalty along the way. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I wise know. old puppy. Yeah. He's like, I taught you everything you need to know, pup. Now you just need to learn to let go. Just, just, Stop. No. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Anyway. Uh. And number, okay, what's the next one? Number one. I'm going to butcher this name, and I Uh-oh. apologize. Oh. Okay. My number one is is the duo of Coach Boone and Coach Yost from Remember the Titans. That's right, that is a Disney movie. Yes, it is a Disney movie. It is absolutely a Disney movie. There's not really, it's not released under other studios or, you know, made by somebody else and distributed by Disney. It is a Disney movie. Um, Coach Boone and Coach Yost, which is the one I'm worrying about saying right, I tried to look it up on YouTube and I watched a bunch of clips, but in every single clip I could find, they just call him Bill. (laughs) so anyway um they are amazing mentors to those boys they are trying to teach them more than just football they teach those boys about equality and fighting injustice it's amazing to see um basically the transformation of the boys under their leadership and I don't know. It's just one of my favorite moments in that movie is um, when Coach Yost finally, like, basically risks his own career to make sure that things are fair for Coach mm-hmm. Boone. 
somebody he really didn't want to support at the beginning of the season. He didn't want him to be the head coach. He, you know, he was never in favor of him. He thought he had kind of lost something by Coach Boone getting the job, and he kind of had. Mm -hmm. But... And he took—he only took the job because he didn't want the boys to quit and was afraid the boys would quit if he wasn't staying on. But mm -hmm. he came to respect Coach Boone and um, basically risks his own career and gives those boys an amazing example of how to do what's right, even when it's hard. And, of mm -hmm. course, Coach Boone is the one pressing them from the beginning, teaching them to work. Yeah. So... I saw this movie countless times in high school. Oh, yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> because Texas and high school football. football. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my gosh. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, this movie's amazing. But I got so burnt out on it. I'm sorry. The, our coaches would never stop playing it. <laughs> that and facing the Giants. I'm like, everything has to be football all of the time. It's a little so, bit like National Treasure. When National uh, Treasure came out, they're like, we have a it's we're gonna show natural treasure because it's historically like it's historical accuracy and blah 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 and entertaining and it's like while I love that movie I've seen it a lot I know it's just like a lot a lot it's like I know how good Remember the Titans is but I'm just like every time it's like why yeah but it's still a really it's good so movie good. and they're it's really so good, good mentors to those boys I agree and yeah. you know not only He's setting an example for the, his daughter as well, but you know I said not parents. So tiny Baby Hayden Pantier. Pantier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then. Well, Coach Boone had a daughter too. I don't know the actress's name there. No, I don't know the actress. But she wasn't either. a football fanatic, so she wasn't right, yeah. there all the time. She was a girly girl. Yeah. All right. I think it's Deanna's turn. Yeah. Sure. Because I hosted last, didn't I? No, did I? No. <laughs> no, I did, because I did the Reluctant Dragon. Right! Yeah, I forgot. Okay, so it's my turn. Mm -hmm. All right, then. My number four is Tadashi from Big Hero 6. Not a parent! Here's his brother. Um, and I, I, I know that the family thing is kind of like, uh, but Tadashi sees his little brother not achieving his potential. You know, he's coasting and is G like he's like Tadashi is smart, but his little brother is a genius and he sees this and he like nurtures this and and like brings Hero to the, the college with him and supports him in his projects and is a wonderful mentor outside of just being his brother. He shows him all of this stuff at school. It really lights the fire for learning underneath him and puts his little brother back on the right path towards getting a proper education that will help this genius. And then not only that, he's creating um, medical technology to help people. And it's even though Tadashi dies very early on. Spoilers. Sa saving the on. life. <laughs> saving the life. Yeah, it's early on. Like, it would be revealing who the real villain is. That would be a spoiler. But, um, see, like, trying to go save their teacher's life whenever he didn't have to. He set a wonderful example for his little brother, Hero. And mm -hmm. then it just, he was such a great mentor. 
and he was really good. So I just, I loved him. Even though it's family, it wasn't a parrot. So haha, that was just the only, it's <laughs> kind of like a thing. It's kind of the only thing. You said no pink dragons. Like. You said no purple dragons. <laughs> Did I dragons? say no purple dragons? Yeah, that's it. Did I? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that. It's basically that, but I win. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was, I intentionally left some siblings off because of that. Just in case. Cause, like Nani from Real Yeah, I, I considered Nani, but I didn't because of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tadashi. Wonderful example in every way. Good human. That's why he had to die. I don't no. know. What? Um, <laughs> that's how movies are. The good people have to die. Well, into Ivna Hero's journey, the mentor typically dies. Yeah. See? So if you go by the hero, ha ha, Hero's name is journey. Hero. Uh, yeah, connections. All right. Uh, my number three is Bagheera from the Jungle Book. Yay. Yeah. Um, at my kidding. list, I went by um, effectiveness of their mentoring. How effective was it on the character, which is one of the, and how selfless were they in their mentorship and supportive and all that stuff. Uh, so Bagheera is three instead of a little bit higher because he wasn't always effective because not his own fault, but Mowgli wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. And Mowgli was always running away from him and stuff like that. So that's the reason why he's a little bit further down. But Bagheera is wonderful and all of that. It's just he was not as effective in getting Mowgli to listen to him at the start. Okay. That's all. That's all. Um, my number two is Phil from Hercules. Phil is a little selfish. He's a little selfish, sure, because he wants to train a hero, but he's giving Hercules exactly what he wants. He's giving him the information and the training and the know-how to become a hero and to become a hero safely. And not only all this, but Phil raises Hercules from that point on. Like, he lives with Phil, and if we're going by the context that there's a TV show, he also sends Hercules to school to make sure that Hercules oh, is yeah. getting a proper education along with the heroness, because he doesn't want him just to be a dummy, you know? So, and Phil tells Hercules what he needs to hear, even if he doesn't like it, with telling him about Meg and all of that. And then, even though Hercules hurts him, he starts to leave, but then comes back. Um, not because he's done with his Aruba vacation or whatever, but it's because Hercules- Bermuda. Bermuda, yeah, there it is. No, it's not. I don't know. It's I'm it? thinking I it sort of Bermuda. No, it's Bermuda. It's Bermuda? Okay, yeah, that's whatever. What, that's what she meant. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, take but me Dina to Bermuda. But stopped herself. Anyway, um, um, he doesn't come back as his vacation is done. He comes back even whatever- Hercules hasn't said sorry because Hercules needs him. So I think that he was- there was some selfishness to it, but not a whole lot that would negate all the rest of it. So Phil, I thought, was a good mentor. Uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. And my number one is Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> what? Yeah! Yeah, I went there. Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. So Sebastian is Ariel's, what, music teacher slash Triton's advisor? I don't know. There's <laughs> not really certain what his official job is. Anyway, he is there every step of the way along Ariel's journey trying to talk to her. And maybe he's not as effective as he could be. But he also, I think, isn't as effective because he realizes that Triton is a little bit too hard on Ariel. He's always giving her good advice and he's always trying to help, but I think trying to push something he doesn't truly believe to be the best for her 
isn't going to work because whenever he finds her after she's sold her, made the deal for her voice and and she's like, we'll get you back and you'll be just so miserable. And he doesn't want that for her. He wants her to be happy, even if it means doing something that will get him in trouble, that will get him to lose his job and position with the king. He wants to help Ariel succeed. Yeah. He risked his life. But he just he just wants Ariel to be happy, even if it means that he puts himself at risk, even if it means that he puts his job at risk. And he does he does everything to once he realizes that he that this is what she, they need to try. He really pushes to, for her to succeed, singing a whole wonderful song, trying to get her there. So. Mm-hmm. I think Sebastian really empathized with his mentee and really tried to put what was best for her at the front. Because whenever things got dangerous for her, he went and got like, you know what I'm saying? And then like mm-hmm. in the end, whenever her dad was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? And he like basically like counsels the king to give her what she wants because it's really what's best for her. And so I just think he was a really good mentor. Mm-hmm. surprised me actually that I picked him but I really thought about it and that scene where he's like where he decides to help her because she'll be miserable is the scene that really touched me because I think if more mentors and parents and stuff like that really listen to their kid mm-hmm. in that way and connected then there'd be a lot of happier kids out there I just want to so. say I was thinking I was like sounds like you've got crabs on your brain because you're working on a Tomatoa cosplay. A <laughs> beach. A beach. <laughs> Maybe. Aww. But no, I really thought about it. No, I loved all those reasons. I never thought about that, but Sora Sebastian doesn't get enough credit. Okay. Because I thought about, like, Jiminy Cricket, and I was like, wait, Jiminy Cricket wasn't effective at all. So <laughs> I decided to go by effectiveness, too. So. Speaking of, my number four is Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice segue. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I had to put Jiminy Cricket because he's Pinocchio's conscience. It's, like, literally his title. Like, but Pinocchio I am- never I, I didn't put pick him because he never actually managed to get anything done. I agree, <laughs> but he tried his darndest. Okay, <laughs> he, I don't know. I just thought like it was so sweet that he had that like job and he tried so hard. But Pinocchio was just very like stubborn and didn't listen to anything. It's just like I'm sorry, Jiminy bl- Craig, you got a bad kid, man. <laughs> stubborn as a block of wood. Oh. <laughs> But I don't know. I just felt like the whole fact that he becomes like like a conscience is he's the original cute. mentor. In yeah, Disney. he's kind of the original. So, um, yeah, he he's just one of those. He tries, but no one gives him credit. But he really wants to do well. Mm-hmm. So, but I felt like he needed to be on my list. But then my number two. Three. I'm like, what number am I on? Whoa, slow down. I'm like, what are we on? My number three is Merlin. And I guess I'll add in Archimedes to see um, Corey's point. But, I mean, yeah, Merlin did get frustrated and, like, kind of left. And it was like, you teach him then, Archimedes kind of thing. But he did kind of give him some, like, give him some good advice and try to teach him, like, about life and stuff. Um, 
which he, you know he didn't have to do except the fact he's like oh he's gonna be the new king we gotta make sure he's a good one like um so yeah i just i i can't not put merlin on here um because he's just like uh, to me he stands out as like an iconic mentor just because he's just a random guy who's a who's a wizard that just hap hap like helps this random kid um he abandons his student to go on vacation <laughs> but to to the hero's wait, journey wait, point excuse me excuse me i i understand your point and i agree with you teachers should never get vacations <laughs> that's not the same thing <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i think it kind of goes with like the like the whole like mentor has to leave for a bit because it has to like allow the if the student is kind of having trouble like like they're wanting their hand held the whole time sometimes i think the mentor has to leave so that the um their person the mentee can kind of figure out what's going on like but he didn't he just he kind didn't. of fell into it like yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know, I don't know. But, okay uh, he's not my number one so it doesn't really matter but i think he's still an iconic mentor as far as disney movies go um my number two is mary poppins Aww. um abandons her children at what point that's at the, at the end, end she just leaves because they didn't need her anymore oh so she determines this yes she's the no. mentor clearly they needed help as see the sequel so and she came back but it was like the new generation's turn like that know. generation had figured out their problems their family had come back together george banks had figured out how to like be a father and be present that like they figured out how to be like a family and um yeah and she taught the kids like some um good lessons and took them on some adventures and just kind of i don't know i was like she's a great nanny and a nanny's kind of a mentor because she's kind of like the stand-in when the parents are off doing other things but um yeah i think it's it was necessary for her to leave because she had it's kind of like I'm gonna clean up this mess and then I'm gonna leave so that the they can grow from there. Because I think if a mentor like sticks around, there's like you're kind of stuck in your growth pattern. You're like, I can't. There's nowhere for me to go because I'm still under somebody. Um, but yeah, I love. Mary they can Poppins. do it for me. Yeah. Um, and because I think yeah, the whole point of mentors is to kind of step in and lead them and then step back so that the person can then succeed. Um, then my number one is Rafiki. <laughs> um, Rafiki is not there, like, a lot, but the impact that Rafiki, Rafiki makes on Simba is pretty profound. Like, he kind of is like, hey, your father taught you this stuff. Maybe you should think about it. And also, like, here's, like, one of my favorite inspirational quotes of, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. You can either run from it or learn from it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, I just love that Rafiki just kind of pushed the hero like on his journey to go um, back and take back Pride Rock and everything. Um, like well, Nala kind of helps like him start thinking about stuff, but Rafiki is really like the thing that was like, hey, stop goofing around and go take care of business. While I love Rafiki. 
I argue that he is not a mentor because he barely knows Simba, and Simba barely knows him. I consider, he still had a mentor role. I consider Rafiki, but what really made me not pick Rafiki on my final list was the fact that what really ultimately gave Simba the final push was his father. Rafiki yeah, directed true. him back to his father. And so mm-hmm. I was like, is it really a mentor role, or was he just kind of guiding him back to his father? So yeah. I I liked it. I had it on my short list, but I didn't end up picking it. So Okay. I just, I feel like, and that was something that I put on my list was, what was their relationship? Did they actually have a relationship with the kids mm. or the person? And I just didn't feel Rafiki had one. Because he didn't even know Rafiki's name! Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's me. Yeah. Uh, I still was like, I think it, in the in the musical kind of more so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's more of a presence there in the musical. But, um... Yeah, but I still think, like, there is some sort of, like, leadership for the hero coming from Rafiki in some fashion, even That's though fair. it's kind of unconventional. He does play but... an important role. Yeah. I just don't consider it a mentor one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are things that just came to mind because I didn't really, like, look into it a whole lot. I was just like, these are the ones that come to mind initially, but, um... Okay. Anyway, so that puts our list at Merlin slash and Archimedes, Archimedes and Bagheera are yes. both have two votes. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and so I those, forget, Bagheera was higher on mine and Carrie's. It I, was three think, for both of us, and it my I had Merlin and Archimedes as four. So, and Deanna had it as three. So, okay. so Bagheera is number one. Yeah, I think I considered Bagheera when I was putting it on my list, so that makes and then sense. Merlin, Merlin and Archimedes. Yeah, I had to like Google some of these people to <laughs> figure out um um spelling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who we have number two more one positions to fill. is the coaches, right? Yeah, yes, and mm-hmm. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and Rafiki. To be honest, I like Mary Poppins more than I like Rafiki. Okay. So if you know if we're gonna go with uh, with one of those, I'd throw my vote in for Mary. I'm gonna throw my vote in for Sebastian, okay. just because I didn't think about it, and I was like, and it made a lot of sense. Carrie, you propose one, or you put mm-hmm. throw a vote in there. I want Sebastian to be number three. <laughs> okay. Um. And so that leaves me with the coaches versus Mary Poppins and. I'm going to pick the coaches just because they're there. <laughs> they were there. They were Oh my there. goodness. It's kind of Disney. It's Alan Menken. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, it came out through ABC. So of course it's yeah, Disney. Hey. Um, so yeah, um, I picked them because they had a long established relationship and taught them more so than like Mary was there for like three days. It was, an important, it was an important three days. It was an important three days, but I just go she back to She did a lot ass- in three days, but yeah. She did a lot. But, um, yeah. That's, so I think the coaches. Not that I don't like Mary Poppins. I just don't really count her I as a mentor. Wait, hang on. Carrie hates Mary Poppins. <gasps> I do forget you, Mary Poppins. <laughs> don't like Julie Andrews much either. Oh my goodness. <gasps> I know. I know. The queen. 
I can't believe you Anyway. Have you not seen Sound of Music? What's wrong with you? <laughs> she has, and movie. she likes it. What? I hate that movie. I hate all musicals. Well, All actually, musicals are dumb. Okay, wait. Don't lie to her. You like the Carrie Underwood version. I like the Carrie Underwood version, yeah. Uh, yeah, just everything with Julie Andrews I'm is terrible. I'm questioning things now. I'm like, you don't um, like Julie all, Andrews? I don't like Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews is the worst. All uh, musicals, like the only person all musicals are terrible. Uh, Mary Poppins is just gum on the bottom of my shoe. I, I hate mm. Julie Andrews and Mary Poppins and musicals. All of them. And See, the problem is, I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Okay, what's happening here is called a lie. A lie! Because I love Julie Andrews, I like Mary Poppins, and I like musicals a lot. So, no. Y'all are terrible. Anyway. I was getting worried. (laughs) I was like, please, no. Deanna was was super stressed. You couldn't see her face, but she was freaking out. She did not know I was lying. Who am I hanging out with? Sometimes I can't tell when people are lying to me. The guys on First Geek 411 know this because Chris has got me before because he's crazy sarcastic. I'm like, I don't always know. Okay. Sometimes I just want everyone to love each other and it's sad when people (laughs) hate people. Everyone should love Julie Andrews. (laughs) I just want everyone to love Julie Andrews. She just taught these kids to sing and made little outfits oh, out of curtains she would have been a great mentor yeah but she's not disney i if didn't she... say she was i just said she would have been a great one if oh. if maria was available she'd be number one it's fair mm. enough okay okay anyways so that's a that fun brings our final list down to coach boone and coach yost uh sebastian the crayon merlin and archimedes <laughs> as number two and our number one disney mentor is bagheera Bagheera! Kitty! <laughs> okay, pretty good list. Yep. So, no, uh, no, I hate it. <laughs> so, sounds about right. Don't fly. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. Uh, next week, we are going to talk about uh, our top four Disney duos, and we are going to talk about our movie of the week, The Great Mouse Detective, which we're going to have a lot of fun with. I'll be hosting, so yeah, it'll yeah. be fun. If, so if you know an episode to skip, it's the next one. What? What? That's the worst. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> so picking on. Stop picking on me. No, <laughs> like being picked on. And so, dear listeners, <laughs> dear listeners, we would love to hear what your top four Disney mentors are. Let us know yes. your favorites, and you can let us know that on Facebook at Faith Trust and Pixie Dust Podcast. Or at firstgeek411 at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. tweet them to us at, at FTPD underscore podcast. Or you can tweet it to Carrie at, at sparkle underscore fists, me at, at spilled x water, or Deanna at Deanna790. Yep. And check us out next week on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, or Spotify. And go ahead and rate us, too, if you liked yeah. our episode. Yeah. If you'd like, just drop a rating, and if you didn't, go away. <laughs> just be there silently listening. That's We're not fair. listening. Yeah. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Y'all have a great week. See you next week. Have Bye. a great week.